everybody, welcome to Happening at Hannah's. I'm really excited today. My friend Taylor is on, and Taylor is my friend from various places in life. So the first question, Taylor, is how do we know each other? And let's see if our stories line up. Okay, so I briefly remember the first time uh, Hannah and I met. It was at an organization fair, the very beginning of the fall semester 2018. I was repping my organization, and uh, Hannah was walking around, and I was wearing a shirt from the camp that I work at. And, and Hannah walks up, and she goes, hey, I have that shirt. And I was like, well, I'm wearing this shirt because <laughs> I'm a dork. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that's how I met Hannah, and she ended up um, joining my organization, and also we went to see Bible study together for a little while, and I just yes. got the pleasure of getting to know Hannah Frick through that, so. I have the same exact story. I just remember I was walking around with my friend Coco, and we were walking, and I was like, oh my goodness, and then I started, I saw my friend Callie from, like, young birth friends, I was like, oh, I, those people, I bet they're nice, and I see this girl in this camp t-shirt, I'm like, I have the shirt, I have to, like, talk to these people, and I talked to you, and then we became friends, and now we go eat cheese sticks from Sonic randomly together. Yeah, party, love that. I mean, it's just a win-win. Okay, Taylor, so what is, I'm sorry, I cannot talk, apparently, how did you grow up faith-wise? So, growing up to, like, now? Um, so, growing up, uh, I'm super fortunate to have uh, been basically just immersed in the church um, since before I was born. Even uh, my mom was, like, my Sunday school teacher forever growing up. My dad is an elder in our church. Um, I'm, like, close enough with my pastor back home to call him my grandfather. Like, um my entire life just had some really awesome um, godly influences. Um, really, from the time I was born until I'm sure, till the day I die, um, I will have just like fantastic people from the church, um, fantastic people who love the Lord um, in my life. Um, does that answer your question? It I, does. I love it. Oh, cool. Thank Great. you. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Okay, so in the midst of, like, growing up in a Christian home and such, how did you come to realize that you personally needed a relationship with Jesus? Um, so obviously growing up in a Christian home, I I knew a lot about Jesus right. um, from the get-go. Um, and But I think that that's very much all it was for a really long time, was just me knowing about Jesus mm-hmm. and not necessarily me believing in him or needing him just me knowing about him and I think I, I heard it best a while back and it was um I I was a Christian for a really long time and then I became one and that's mm-hmm. kind of um what I think it was for me for a really long time uh it wasn't really until I think my freshman year of high school um I was real ready to play basketball and I had put a lot of time and effort in basketball. I was 
really, really proud of all this work that I had done, but that's what it was. It was like the work that I had done. It mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. else's, um, like the, I didn't recognize the Lord for the abilities that he had given me or, um, for the opportunities that he had given me. Um, and so my freshman year, I ended up, um, having a season ending injury before the season even started. And there's definitely like probably the closest thing I've ever had to like depression or anything hit in that moment. And it's because like everything that I'd ever put my stock into, like was gone. Um, and it was like, it just, because it had gone away, I didn't have anything. And I recognized that that's, that's what Jesus is, is he, he is unshakable. And so he doesn't go away, um, when things get hard or things get bad. Um, and so it's definitely when I think I recognized my need for a savior. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So what's one thing that you found like with your personality and since you've like grown up that you have found that the Lord's created you personally for? So why Taylor? It's kind of a hard question. Hard one. Maybe I should have let you email these questions. Um, I don't know. And Hannah, you might disagree with this. I I don't know, but because you know me pretty well. But I think, honestly, you too. I think I've been given the ability to um, find joy or be joyful. Um, I could totally see that about you. It makes sense. Any situation, not any situation, don't give me, don't like, believe me, there are times when (laughs) the girl's not choosing joy. But I think I've been given the ability to just be joyful in times when it's hard to be joyful. And I am really good at laughing at myself and laughing at mistakes and laughing (laughs) at difficulties. And um, I think that's like been a really big part of my walk is seeing that I haven't given the ability to find joy and to chase joy. Um, and I think that comes into play with working at camp and with being friends with people like Hannah Frick who are just like constantly joyful. Um, so Yeah. I guess. I don't know if that... No, yeah, that totally answers it. I think you're a very joyful person. What's something that you would... This is just a question I'm coming up with on top of my head. Um, Like, being joyful. What's something that you would tell somebody who's having a hard time finding joy? Oh, yes. So I just finished reading this book. I Honestly, I've been telling everyone about it. Um, So don't be surprised if you hear me say it more than once, but... So The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is probably my favorite author. I love C.S. Lewis. And in it, the, there's this fantastic quote that hit me so hard and is so true, so real. And, and it's that um, no soul who is constantly and, serious, constantly and seriously um, desiring joy. Sorry. Let me start over. No soul who seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Mm. And I think that's so true and so good because like we're told joy is a fruit of the spirit. And so 
as believers, we have all the fruits of the Spirit. We have every single one of them. We're just maybe not always the best at using them. And so I think that's huge with joy, especially in this time, is just that I I can find joy in the fact that I serve an amazing God. I can find joy in the fact that I have really great friends who, even though I don't get to hang out with them right now, that they still love me. I can find joy in the fact that I have a family who loves me so much and is helping me out in this difficult time. And like, so I, like there's, there's joy. And if you are seriously and constantly desiring it, like you will have joy regardless. Um, and sometimes that's hard because it's not in our nature, but thankfully like we have the Holy spirit now who is making it more part of our nature every day. So I love that. I think that's such a great way to look at that. So what's one thing that you've had to choose to have joy in, in the midst of COVID? Ooh, that's so hard because, you know, I am a senior and um, a lot of my future depends on um, what's happening here in the next couple months. Um, but I have been able to also just spend some really quality time with the Lord um, in the past few weeks and um, like Last week, I was able to just turn my phone off all day long, and I spent that time with the Lord, and it was beautiful and um, so meaningful, and as an extrovert, it's really hard for me to be still and to be quiet and Mm. to to talk to God and to listen to God, Uh, um, and it's just been a really beautiful time of, like, being with the Lord when I can't be with anyone else, so... I think that's so good. I love that. So within the midst of like being with the Lord, what have you been learning in the Bible? Mm. So much. Uh, oh, goodness. Um, sorry. No, you're good. There's so much of the Bible that it's kind of hard to pick really just one thing. Eh, okay, I have it. And it's, oh goodness. Um, so it's something that I've been like kind of working through and thinking through for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's that, uh, so not too long ago, some people I was with, not necessarily, like, people that I hang out with a lot or anything, um, someone asked, like, if you could relate to any character in the Bible, who would it be? And Ooh, that's a good question. I personally really did not like the question. (laughs) Just because I was like, what am I supposed to say? Because I think we... Well, one, first of all, I, you know, as a the stupid eighth grader that I was once upon a time, I used to put, like, Jesus as the answer to algebra questions. And so <laughs> if, I, if I, that I related most to Jesus, then that's, like, blasphemy, first of all. <laughs> um, and then I was thinking about how we 
when we were younger, we were sometimes taught to put ourselves in the position of characters of the Bible. Um, and so, like, mm. my favorite one growing up was, was David. And David and Goliath is my favorite story. Um, and we're like, yeah, we're, like, slaying giants and, like, trials of this life and all that good stuff. But when I, like, look at the story now... I see that David in that story. I am the Israelite who is hiding and scared and like running away. Um, and Jesus is David. Um, but so I was just thinking and I was like, I don't think I have an answer to this question. I don't have an answer to this question. And it wasn't until I sat down and I was reading the book of Jonah and I realized I'm Jonah mm. because Jonah sucks. <laughs> And in the book of Jonah, it takes Jonah about three seconds to, like, literally three sentences into the book of Jonah. Jonah is already running away from God. He's already trying to justify God. And when he finally seems redeemed after, you know, the whale pukes him up and all that good stuff, he's still a butthole <laughs> to the Ninevites. And he wants, like, God to smite them. And he has no compassion. And he has no mercy, even though he's been abundantly given grace. And, like, so, yeah, I'm Jonah. And, and that's something that the Lord has taught me is, yeah, sometimes I'm Jonah. But that doesn't mean that I don't get grace. And that doesn't mm. mean that the people around me don't get grace. So. Dang. That's <laughs> deep, Taylor. Oh, wow. I don't know what it is. It's just. I think that's. The moral of the story is that I suck and I'm sinful. So. I think that's all of us. And I think like the older I get, the more I realize, dude, I am a terrible person. Like, oh. like, I think I've just grown up thinking, oh, I'm this good person. I'm this Christian thing. This Christian. No, I'm literally horrible. Like I'm. Like, if you ride in the car with me, you will understand I am not a good person. I think I, I've i heard this somewhere. Um, definitely heard it in a sermon before. Sorry. Oh. Um, but it's that the more and more we look like Jesus, the more we realize that we don't look like Jesus, I think. Dang. Huh. So, like, the more we grow and the more... Um, we like being who we're intended to be the more we realize that like we're so far off which is beautiful because then we get to understand more and more our need for a savior and yeah. Need for great, yeah it's such a cool i think like i don't know if cycles the right word but maybe cycle just like the older we get and the closer to jesus it's like dude like i literally like I needed, like, I deserve to die. And it's like, hey, Jesus just died on the cross. And I think that's what makes us realize, oh, now I need to go tell people, hey, this guy, Jesus, yeah. he, he died for you. All right, cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So. Mm -hmm. so in your lifetime, how have you seen God move in your life? Something small, something big, it could be anything. Hmm. That's so difficult because there's so much. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have to go back to camp, which if anyone knows me, 
It's not surprising in the slightest. <laughs> Our um, camp girl. Yeah, love camp. Taylor, the camp um, counselor. There, I had a, I, so this is this last summer, so it's my second summer ever counseling. Um, I loved it. It's been my favorite job that I've ever had in my entire life. You're really like, good at um, it. Oh, you're so good. Something fun for the people to know is this uh, past <laughs> summer I interned at my church and I got to go to a week of high school camp and Taylor and I got to be co-counselors with these freshman girls and it was a blast. We learned so much. Oh, <laughs> it was so much fun for sure. Um, but this particular week, um, I ended up getting paired with one of my best friends and we we're like, oh no, what's wrong? What happens? We shouldn't be paired together because we're like really good friends. And, um, and so he and I were super scared and when we learned about our group, we found out that we would have 13 out of 26 of our kids um, who only spoke Mandarin. I forgot <laughs> about this story. They came, they were literally, they were coming to camp on Thursday and they had gotten off of a plane from China on Wednesday. Um, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're from a part of China where being a Christian isn't illegal, but it's illegal for people under the age of 18 to go to church, um, which is really weird, obviously. Like, it's real weird, right? Right. Because we live in America. And Where everyone and their mom and dog go to church. Yeah, especially here in the panhandle of Texas. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, unheard of for people to, like, to not be allowed to go to church. And... So these adorable kids get off this van. And first of all, they're from China. Second of all, um, the age group we normally work with is like sixth grade to uh, seniors in high school. And But these some of these kids are getting off the van and they're like eight and nine. And so they're way younger than we normally um, dealt with. They only spoke Chinese. I was just like, what the heck? And what had happened was, um, like, a foreign exchange student had gone with this church to camp the year before and had accepted Christ. So he went back and just told everyone about this awesome camp that he went to. And so they, like, raised money and got permission for these kiddos to come to camp. Um, well, these kids, they, they don't even... Some of them still think that, like, the sun and the moon are gods. And they couldn't understand any word that we said in Bible study. They, like, we managed to get um, some Mandarin lyrics up on, like, the like the projector during worship and stuff. But that's about yeah. it. And it was just insane. And one night when the gospel was getting presented, um, the, the, the next exchange student who had come with them was able to to share the gospel with them in Mandarin. And it was wow. the first time that any of them had ever heard the gospel. Um, and it was beautiful and they were crying and they couldn't contain themselves. And it was just a really beautiful week. And I don't know what happened in any of their lives that night, but it was beautiful um, to watch it, to be on the outside watching. And I still remember the very last night um, of camp, my heart broke 
for this little girl. Her name was Wendy, and she was precious. Um, and we were walking by, like, our little worship area that we have um, on our way to, like, go play games. And she, like, probably spoke some of the best English out of any of the kids. And she said, she's standing next to me, and she goes, I really like it here. I was like, really? Like, that's awesome. I'm really glad. And she goes, I like it here because I can go into places like that. And she pointed at our worship center, and I was about to cry my eyes out. Because I don't know if Wendy had any ability to, like, comprehend the gospel at that point. I don't know how the Lord had touched her that week. But I know he touched her enough to know that, like, there was something sacred and special about worship. And she was so excited to be part of it. And I think, uh, yeah. So Yeah, that's such a touching story. And it's so cool how it's like, oh, I just love it. Because it's like God is so much bigger than like language even. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I love that story. So, so good. Okay, so the last question is, if you could tell anyone anything, what would you tell them? Anything at anything. all? Anything. You can close Ever? it out however. Um, if I could tell anybody anything ever, um, ooh, I think I have something. Um, so, Hannah, you were actually with me the night that I learned this. Um, and it's still to this day one of like it's it blows my mind about the Bible, about us, about how much the Lord loves us to this day. And it's that um that like in like New Testament times, basically the way a wedding would go down. Oh yeah. Would be that um the groom would come. And he would pay the dowry for his for his bride, and then he would leave. And he would um, just go, and he would build a place for her on the side of his house. Um, and it's just however long it took is how long it took. And until that was done, um, that's what he would do. And then one day when he was done, he would go back for his bride. And there would be a big celebration and so yeah that's how that worked and that is exactly like what Jesus has done with us is he came and he settled the dowry for us um on the cross and then he told us he was coming back and he right now he's preparing a place for all of us and and one day he's going to come back for us and there's going to be the biggest, most beautiful celebration that we could ever imagine, um, because we are finally, we finally get to be the bride, um, of Christ one day, so. I love that. I had forgotten that till you just shared that. That's so good. Uh, so, so good. Well, Taylor, thank you for coming on to my podcast, and I hope everyone listening and you have a fabulous day. Oh, Hannah, thank you so much for having me. It was a party. It was so fun. I love that you came on, Tay.